Welcome to Un-Uninformed. I'm Sean Seavey. Each week, Un-Uninformed gives you stuff that matters so you don't feel so dumb around your smart friends. This week, I had my first opportunity to lobby at the Utah State Capitol, um, and I lobbied on behalf of people with cancer. It's currently the 45-day legislative session for Utah. So I didn't realize this uh, until recently, but the House and Senate in Utah are not full-time politicians. They cram all their legislative stuff in 45 restless days and then go back to normal life, to their careers or whatever. So I jumped into the Madhouse, a.k.a. the state capitol building, and talked to my local senator and representative as their constituent. A constituent is simply a citizen that uh, makes their voice heard that's uh, in a senator or representative's area. So first off, let's talk about the organization I was with. It's called the American Cancer Society Cancer Action Network, or ACS CAN. I spoke with the one in charge, their grassroots manager, Jen Tischler. After having lunch with her at the Capitol building, I sat down and asked her a few questions. First of all, tell me, what is uh, ACS CAN? What, what are you all about? Sure, we're about defeating cancer, and we were formed in 2001. As you know, probably, ACS, American Cancer Society, is over 100 years old. Wow. And uh, ACS CAN was formed in 2001 because no matter how much money was raised by ACS, they found that a lot of laws were being passed that was making it really hard for uh, ACS to be able to get uh, any of that research money or any access to care to patients. And so ACS CAN was formed to be able to lobby as much as they wanted to, to be able to pass bills, so pass laws for cancer patients or defeat bills that were going to hurt cancer patients. So there's so many issues out there um, uh, affecting cancer patients or people that are concerned with cancer. But how do you pick which ones you're going to jump onto? How do you pick what's the opinion of ACS CAN? Or do you have a set of a standard for what your belief system is? What, yeah, what's your, what's your standard for that? Yeah, that's great. That's a great question. So we have a big hat at the office, and we rip up pieces of paper and write the bills on them. Oh. And then we, <laughs> we put in the hat, and we draw it out, and we're oh, like, this is great. what we're going to do. Yes, yeah, I think it's federal, so scientific. Yeah, federal government does that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> All right? It seems so. Yeah, I even have a wig I put on sometimes. It's, it's, it's blonde, and <laughs> I think I saw you wearing it in other podcasts. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, the Trump wig. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, um, yeah. But, no, what we do is we're a national organization. And so the nice thing uh, that I really got behind on when I came to the organization and something that really drew me to it is that we are science-based. And so we get behind bills or are against bills based on the scientific evidence behind it. And we have priority issues, you know, depending on, you know, how is this going to affect cancer patients? And we're kind of like a volume knob, right? So on some issues, we're going to turn the volume up and be really actively for it okay. or actively against. And others, we're going to turn the volume down and be silent. So it really depends on how much is this going to affect cancer patients, how much is this not going to affect cancer patients. On tobacco issues, you know, we are very loud, right? Yeah. So we, it's all scientifically based. So it's what does the research say? 
scientifically what has happened and what are our priority issues. We monitor bills that come up and see, you know, where does this go on the range as far as it's through the cancer lens. Okay. So we always look through the cancer lens and how does this, you know, affect cancer patients. So, you know, access to care, tobacco, tanning, healthy eating, exercise, everything. everything. So, you know, because cancer affects every part of the body. Everything. everything. But everything is scientifically based. So, I, I like that you say scientifically based. Um, well, I'm an engineer, so I'm always down yeah. for science. And when people discount science, I, I'm not so happy about it. Um, wait, and you, you said, so uh, anti-smoking campaigns, the science behind it, is a consequence of what ACS can, or sorry, what ACS, the American Cancer Society, has done in the past. Uh, you told me that earlier. Tell me a little bit more about that. So, uh, ACS did a study that the results of it showed the link between smoking and cancer. Which seems kind of obvious right. nowadays. Yeah, but exactly. But it's not. It wasn't always that way. Yeah, exactly. So, that study came about through ACS doing a longitudinal study that showed, oh my goodness, smoking causes cancer. <laughs> wow. Thanks to public health. Wow. And yeah, exactly. Go figure. So when I decided I wanted to be involved with ACS CANS Day at the Capitol, they put me in a small group and assigned us to hunt down specific members of the legislature. I had quite a spunky crew. My, my crew consisted of a couple members of the American Cancer Society um, who had regularly worked with cancer patients. Um, we had a university student that was uh, concerned with these kind of issues. Um, we had a bioengineer professor who had done some research pertaining to, to uh, some of the issues we're handling. And uh, we had a retired school principal. Oh, and then there was there was me, the, um, the, the rookie. Yeah, the, me. So here's one of the members of the group. Her name is Constance Daly. So I'm a retired school principal from Rhode Island. And I've felt in Rhode Island, California, and here that it's very important to be involved in politics and to help others understand that they live in a country where it is important for them to have their voices heard. The voices heard come from being confident. Being confident comes from having a good education. Having a good education comes from support, whether it be from your family or from the monetary support of the state. I realize that in Utah there is a lot less monetary support for children in their schools than there was in Rhode Island. Uh, okay, I have one question. You're okay. talking about like, so a lot of these issues that, that we were addressing today were to do with like smoking, the smoking age, um, allowing the Indoor Clean Air Act. So a lot of this involves like personal responsibility. What, in these personal responsibility issues, why is it the responsibility of the government? What's their role? I'm always very concerned that people who say parents should teach their children are not quite aware that some parents don't. And it's not by any chance they've never had opportunity. The not having opportunity is passed down to their children and it continues to grow and grow. As an educator, I've seen children being given opportunities and uh, through the government's intervention. So these were all issues that ACS CAN had picked. Number one, 
amendments to the Indoor Clean Air Act. Number two, the step therapy bill. And number three, Tobacco 21. So let's jump into these. Number one, amendments to the Indoor Clean Air Act. So uh, Indoor Clean Air Act amendments. So basically with that, in 2012, there were some exemptions that were passed for hookah bars and e-cigarettes. So with our Indoor Clean Air Act, you can't smoke anywhere inside. But at that time, hookah bars said, you know, please don't close us down right now. We don't want to go out of business. Please give us five years to think of a new business model. And so they said, fine, you have till July 1st of 2017, and then the sun will set on your exemption. And for e-cigs, they said, you know, we're so new. We need to be able to teach people how to use our product. They should be able to sample inside. And so, you know, we're businesses. And so please give us until, you know, 2017 to do that. So that exemption is going to what's called sunset in July. And so we want that to happen. We want it to sunset. A bill has been put forth that says we don't want those to sunset. We want the e-cigarette sampling to continue as well as the hookah bars to continue. So we want to kill that bill. That is HB HB 333. And here we are talking to our local representative, Briscoe. Likely, most likely. Okay. I know okay. the Salt Lake County Health Department is opposed. Yeah, it's coming due, and we're just hoping that you'll oppose. Issue number two, the step therapy bill. The second one we were working on is a step therapy bill. So for some people, when they go to get a medicine that their doctor has said, you know, this is the course of treatment I want you to do, they go to the pharmacy to get it filled, as many of us do, and then they can't get it filled because their insurance company has said, you know, you have to try this medicine first and fail it before you get the medicine that you need. So this is just saying, you know, uh, we want follow-up from an insurance company. We want to hear back in a certain amount of time. And there's some, you know, different rules around it just so that we have more clarification on it from insurance companies. We're not saying we're against step therapy. We're just saying, you know, more communication and, and some exceptions around that. Uh, so, you know, for example, let's say I was on step therapy on a different uh, insurance. So let's say that I, you know, my doctor said, okay, I want you to be on this medication. And I went to go get it. I couldn't get on it. I tried step therapy. So I tried a medicine. It fell. I tried another medicine. It fell. I finally got on the medicine I needed. I was on it, everything was fine, and then I went to a different insurance, and they said, oh, you have to try all those medicines again before you get the medicine you need. If this bill passed, I wouldn't have to do that. I could get the medicine I need. So, you know, it's about access to care and getting the medicine you need. So we want to say yes to this bill, yes to HB 266 on that one. So, you know, it's about access to care and, and, you know, being able to do that. This one would also, you know, if you have terminal cancer, that they can't deny you from getting that medication you need. So this isn't just for cancer patients. This is for any type of illness, diabetes, multiple sclerosis, anyone with any type of chronic illness. Here's us talking to Senator Jim DeBacchus about the step therapy bill. He was right in the middle of voting for some other bills, so he took us kind of to the side and you kind of hear uh, some legislation going in on in the background, and you kind of tell that we're whispering. 
the whole time. So you might need to turn up the, the volume in your speakers for this one. And uh, here we go. Okay, we're walking into... Talking to Senator DeBacchus. And here's the member of my group giving the spiel. The idea is that we want to have cancer patients exempt from this type of therapy because it's a question of life or death. And here's Senator DeBacchus' frank response. It bothers me sometimes, and I don't know, I have to look at 266, where these drugs give people six more weeks of life and they're $100,000 a week. No, that, no, no, no. I'm just saying that's what bothers me. And yeah. I, I mean. Yes, but here we're talking about giving the patient the correct drug based on the okay. I'll look on, on okay. The medical decision I mean, if, and not based on the insurance. If, if it's normal, if it's a reasonable person would do it, but if it's one of these kooky things where... No, 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 no I'm just saying yeah, that, that's, reasonable. that's what I'm... But Representative Briscoe, on the other hand, seemed quite open to it, and he said step therapy actually affected him personally. My wife's going through that with her asthma meds right now. Yeah, really, wow. So they pay for two or three other different pipes. And they don't work. And she has and, to go and not, and Well, she has to use them more often, so she questions whether the insurance company is actually saving money. Issue number three, Tobacco 21. The last one is about raising the age for tobacco to 21. There's not a bill out on this yet, but we'd like to get ahead of the curve. Uh, and what we're hearing is that this will not include electronic cigarettes, and we are against that. We want, if you're going to raise the age for buying tobacco, we want it to include all type of tobacco products. We want to get it right the first time. We want to get it right the first time. It's, it's not a good idea to pass a bad bill. Because yeah. if you pass a bad bill, what that says is that electronic cigarettes really aren't tobacco. And that's really kind of a misnomer that's going around. And our youth initiation rate is really high for e-cigs. And that's a problem in Utah. And if we pass that, then that says that sends a signal that, oh, e-cigs aren't tobacco and it's fine. Yeah. And, you know, if you pass a bad bill, then you go back and say, you know, we want to include this. And the legislature says, we already passed the bill. Why do we need to do something else? And here we are talking to Representative Briscoe. We're hoping that you'll change the age to 21 uh, on, cigarette on cigarettes products. and and tobacco products. That's uh, that you would support that. And we want that to include e-cigarettes. He seemed pretty down with that, but here's what went down with Senator DeBacchus. Talking about money, right, which is an issue with 266. If people don't smoke, that saves a lot of money we for the society at large. <laughs> How much would we save then? Yeah. <laughs> if we went to 30. Okay, let's start with 31. They're already... So as you can clearly see, cancer interests are, of course, also competing with fiscal interests. But that's what the legislative session is all about. I mean, legislators are debating controversial issues. If they weren't controversial, we wouldn't be debating them. And th yeah, that's how it works. Uh, legislators debate and constituents on both sides try to have their voices heard. So Jen, what, what do you think, if people want to get more involved, what, where can they go, what can they do? Yeah, so if they're interested in cancer issues, definitely coming today at the Capitol is a great first step. Yeah. You know, I think people are, you know, a little scared, but the biggest thing is showing up, is showing your state representatives and uh, senators that you care uh, about an issue and people are scared you know I don't know all the issues and I say that's not what matters 
you're here to give them you know the information and we have fact sheets for you and the biggest thing is to say I'm your constituent which means I live in your area and I, I care you know either I'm a cancer survivor or I'm a caregiver or I'm just an advocate who you know cares about people uh, who have cancer so you know that's one way is, is to come today at the Capitol which you did yeah right? I did it and and so for example if someone wants to get more involved like you do Sean yeah. we'll, we'll use you as an example sure so now Sean next is going to like us on ACS can Utah uh, yeah so like our Facebook page right ACS can Utah and so you know the nice thing is is you can get involved in as little or as much as you want to you know the biggest thing is find a cause you're interested in yeah and and go for it you know I love seeing uh, people getting involved I think it's great that people are, are doing something that they're passionate about, and I really encourage people to find a cause and, and go do it. So if people are interested in getting involved, Sean knows this. I give out my cell phone number all the time. That's right. 801-318-9735 or 867-5309-Jenny. 867-5309-Jenny. <laughs> but, you know, really, I really want to stress, like, your voice really does make a difference. And although a lot of people are just so distraught about the government and everything, I've never seen so much political action and people doing something about it. And, and that's great. Instead of griping, people are, are using their voices and taking action. And I think that's wonderful because there is a legis le legislative process that people can do. And, you know, it doesn't just stop there. We do a lot of emails, so people don't feel like, an email counts, but it does. We do what's called an action alert. So if you want to get into our database, I don't just send you random things because I don't have time. So when a committee is going to vote on something, your legislator might be sitting on that committee and it's going to vote. And so I send an email out just to those people who have their legislators sitting on a committee and I say, okay, your legislator needs to know that you care about this cancer issue. It's already filled out for you. And with all your information, and you just need to, you know, you can fill in personal information if you want. You just push send, and they'll count how many they get. Uh, and so, so it's kind of like a petition kind of thing. Kinda. Yeah, yeah. Um, a, you know, a little bit more because it has information about the issue in it. Yeah. But they'll count how many they get. You know, and it, it, legislators need to have cover to vote. Yes, they need to be able to say, "I've heard from my constituents about this." Yeah. So we really need to give them uh, that cover so that they can vote on that. And really, your voice really does matter. And and just get out there, make a difference, have fun, and feel empowered. That's what it's really about right now, I think. So make your voice be heard. So, so I kind of had this conversation with a few people on the Capitol. Um, I, I think it's interesting that in the, the era of social media where your online voice can be projected across the world with a viral Facebook post or a tweet, that it's still really effective to make your voice heard in person. With Think about like the, the recent Women's March, um, anti-Trump protests, and everyday lobbying like we heard today. There's something powerful about being in person, the good old-fashioned face-to-face interaction. So my my constituent crew kind of got an example of this when we talked to Jim DeBacchus. So some of the ladies in, in my group had followed his Facebook page quite closely, so closely that when they met him in person, they realized that something was a little misrepresented 
on his Facebook page. <laughs> hey, we want to let you know that your Facebook page does not do you justice. Yeah. You're way taller and more oh. handsome than that. <laughs> you need a new photographer. You're say you're way fatter. No, you need, a, you need a new photographer for that picture. Thanks for listening. Now, I've had this conversation a couple times this week. People have asked, why do you keep doing your podcast? And I told them, well, it keeps my life interesting. So if you want to keep your life interesting, subscribe to Un Uninformed on your podcast app. Our music is provided by DD Dumbo. I'm Sean Seavey, and this is Un Uninformed. Thanks, everybody.